welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Hello, everybody. So today was the latest update to the banned and restricted list, and the biggest news for the Commander Sphere was the banning of Oko in Brawl. Hey, this is Zach jumping in really quick just to say that Oko was only banned in Brawl on Arena, not in Paper Magic. So we are going to get back to the episode. Today we're going to discuss our thoughts on the banning and discuss how it's going to affect the Brawl format. But before we jump into it, I want to briefly discuss our Patreon. If you head on over to patreon.com slash theory, you can support the show and access sweet benefits for as little as $1 a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can help us out by writing a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. So, if uh, you have not had the pleasure of playing against it, Oko Thief of Crowns, rather, he is a three-mana planeswalker. He comes down with four starting loyalty. He costs one green-blue. He has plus two, create a food token. Plus one, target artifact or creature, loses all abilities, and becomes a green elk creature with base power and toughness 3-3. Three, three. And minus five, exchange control of target artifact or creature you control and target creature and opponent controls with power three or less. So what what's uh, what's problematic about this card? I don't see it. Oh man, people who've been playing kind of can attest to Oko comes down super early with Gilded Goose in the format too, mm-hmm. like turn two a lot of the time. Uh, has six starting loyalty typically, which is like an incredibly high amount for like an early game planeswalker, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden invalidates whatever you're doing by either turning it into an elk forever all the while ticking up or stealing your low power commander and that's that's a lot that makes it pretty hard to play through and it just made games about like dealing with oko which uh, was not the uh, most fun yeah and and even if like you're playing a planeswalker commander and you can't uh, you're not going to get hosed so directly by Oko. Um, you're still going to be running other creatures into your deck, and if you're, they're good, they're going to become elks or get stolen. And even if you're running a bunch of bad creatures, then Oko is able to like steadily pump out three threes every other turn, and he can put pressure on your Planeswalker commander. So no matter, there's not really like a safe place to yeah. attack Oko. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think that given that brawl is a format all about building in part around a legendary creature or planeswalker but the the fact that he invalidates half the format by like you don't work anymore you have to like kill your own commander which always just feels awesome it feels real bad uh or bounce it or blink it or do something else just to to get out from under this planeswalker and then of course he can do it again next turn so it's it's really frustrating to play against. It just uh, being locked out of your commander. Anyone who who's had their commander under a dark steel mutation or a song of the dryads or an imprison in the moon knows that it's not fun when your deck doesn't work anymore. And to have like one of the premier brawlers in the format be able to do that to you is is not fun at all. And of course, like with the matchmaking system on Arena, you can't. It's not the same way that you can do it in real life where it's somebody sits down across from you and they've got Oko, like, you can just be like, please play a different deck. It's You're, you're just matched with this person. Mm-hmm. And that's it. 
and that's it. And and you either have to just concede or, uh, or just suffer yeah, through it. Yeah. yeah. And enjoy it. I think this was definitely a warranted banning. I'm mm-hmm. happy about this change and I think that the format will be more fun for it. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, but who is going to benefit the most from this ban? How is this going to change the metagame? Well, I mean, the first one is just creatures. Like if you were playing a creature as your commander and, and specifically ones that were fast tended to be okay. So feather decks, there was a feather deck that was just really fast. That one didn't seem to care about Oko. But if you were like something where you kind of wanted to play this long game, where your, your kind of point was like, my commander doesn't die too good like any of the god eternals Mm -hmm. you were pretty screwed because that god eternal is now an elk and he can die just as well as any other creature can yeah and so i i mean specifically first we're gonna kind of talk about the god eternals but like ilharg in particular because this like ilharg is such a cool deck but really had to just kind of stuff it while oko was out because like you go okay i play ilharg and then oko goes okay you're an elk Mm mm-hmm and now what your whole deck is your hands full of big fatties that you can't use anymore and mm-hmm. like it was pretty bad so this is a guy who i think uh in particular is looking pretty happy with all of this oko nonsense gone yeah and even if ilharg like came down first and actually got to drop some fatties down like oko is really really good at dealing with enormous creatures like dracoseph like okay that's an elk now i don't have to worry about it anymore so yeah ilharg gets a huge benefit from it there were a couple commanders that lose a little bit of equity that's true so uh etb creatures are somewhat resistant to oko in that like massacre girl has already done her thing mm-hmm. uh kalia has already done her thing uh massacre girl being the the three black black for a four four menace uh when she enters the battlefield all creature all other creatures get minus one minus one and then whenever another creature dies this turn, all creatures get minus one, minus one. So it tends to be like a chain reaction that kills everything. It's that Massacre Girl. Um, but commanders like her that just ETB do their thing, and then it doesn't matter what happens to the body after that, they're pretty resistant to Oko. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you don't care if your Massacre Girl suddenly loses menace and becomes a 1-1 one, one less. Mm-hmm. But these commanders that were resistant to Oko and had a better position in the metagame while Oko was legal... Uh, are going to lose some equity now that he's not and they don't have that benefit. Honestly, that's not the worst thing because I think that Massacre Girl is still going to be good because there's now people are going to be playing more creature commanders, honestly. So I, I think that, like, I'm not as, like, excited. I don't feel as, like, tricky playing Massacre Girl or, or Kalia or Tristani or, like, an ETB commander, but... I think the the field's just going to be so much more fair. I mean, there's a ton of creatures. Actually, do you want to start getting into that? Like, which creatures kind of get a boost now that Oko's gone? Sure. Um, there's a lot of commanders out there that sort of need to be on the battlefield in order for your deck to work. So, like, if they have a triggered ability like Chulain, he needs to be there in order for you to play the rest of your deck and do your thing. And also, he'd get stolen. Yeah, he gets stolen. You're like, I don't want a food. I just want my <laughs> deck to work. Yeah. Oh, that's so painful. Other commanders that kind of just need to be there, like Torbran, needs to be on the battlefield. Yeah. He makes it so that all your red sources deal an extra two damage. So, you're playing a lot of cards like Scorch Spitter. You know, one cost one ones that ping when they attack. Like, 
really terrible creatures. Yeah, bad cards. Yeah, that only work because Torbrand, it's like now he's dealing six damage every combat. Whoa. Yeah. So to have him invalidated really uh, is quite painful for the deck because the rest of the cards are quite bad. Yeah. I really, like, people tried to play Ayara, but, like, it just wasn't worth it. Like, it doesn't matter if you keep getting your Witch's Familiar back when Ayara's, it's just one damage and Mm -hmm. then they could just kill it and it was so sad. The other ones, too, like, it made a lot of, like, attacky commanders really bad. So things that cared about getting into combat, like Aurelia is just kind of like a joke. Mm-hmm. And Krenko, if you didn't get, like, one attack off, then, like, you, oh, yeah. you just felt so bad. And it's, Krenko is really similar to Torbran, where, like, your deck isn't really full of that many, like, good cards, especially in Mono Red. Uh-huh. So it just, oh, God, it just felt, those games were just such slogs. Yeah, uh, Alila and um, Kaikar are two other commanders oh, yeah. that need to be on the battlefield for the rest of your deck to work because, like, you're just running kind of crappy artifacts and enchantments in Alila. Otherwise, like, so to have her invalidated, like, I've, I've had games where um, someone kept casting Alila and I would just always have the removal spell for it, and then they basically didn't do anything else that game because mm-hmm. their their whole game plan is predicated on having her out and getting her trigger. And to have Oko just be the one card that does it and gets rid of her forever. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. It's pretty bad. So uh, she definitely gained some equity because now I need to have like the many removal spells to constantly get her off the field. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And kind of in that regard, like there are some commanders that were like big and splashy that kind of work the way they want now. So Gargos, there aren't that many Hydras, but like Gargos's trigger is just like so powerful and mm-hmm. so good. And all of a sudden, you can just you can actually plan on using it. Isn't that yeah. crazy? That's crazy. Um, same with like Safara. Like Safara, like not as fast or splashy um, in brawl as it is in regular commander, but just like Safara is a seven-seven flyer for seven. But you can pay one white and tap four flyers to uh, caster caster alternate cost, mm-hmm. and she makes it so that your flyers uh, just have indestructible and. This deck, like, really suffered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like Dracuseth, the, pretty much this entire cycle of, like, really big things. Iconic creatures. Yeah, just really suffered. So, like, in this sense, like, Atemsis, all saying, I'm actually really excited to build around now because I can actually win with Atemsis now. Like, Atemsis is a 4-5 flyer for 3 blue, 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 so 6 mana. Has... Uh, Two blue tap, draw two cards, discard a card, but also whenever Atemsis deals damage to an opponent, you may reveal your hand if you have cards with at least six different uh, CMCs, uh, that player loses the game. But like, that doesn't, that didn't matter most of the time at all. Yeah, I want to revisit Gargos for one second because there's a point I want to make. It's three green, green, green for an eight, seven Hydra with Vigilance. Hydra spells you cast cost four less to cast. Whenever a creature you control becomes the target of a spell, oh yes, Gargos Vicious Watcher fights up to one target creature you don't control. So it's worth noting that Oko's elkifying ability is is not a spell, so it won't actually trigger it. Mm-hmm. Whereas like any other removal used on Gargos, you at least get the one if they when they murder your Gargos, you at least get to eat something they control. But Oko won't even give you the dignity of taking something. Of letting you take something out. Yep, that's terrible. But not anymore, no longer. Mm-hmm. So if you were running Oko in your main deck, 
what can you do to replicate his effect? If you still want to shut off opposing commanders but no longer have access to Oko, what are your alternatives? Yeah, so there are three cards currently in Standard that do a similar thing. Um, so th- the first one, you'll notice two of these have transformation. There's uh, Kazmina's Transformation. This is one blue enchantment aura, enchanted creature. Enchanted creature loses all abilities and has base power and toughness 1-1. One, one. Um, you're going to notice this is very similar to Frogify from uh, Throne of Eldraine. It's the same cost, same aura, enchant creature. Enchanted creature loses all abilities and is a blue frog with base power and toughness 1-1. One, one. Wow, great. And then Kenra's Transformation, which uh, basically Oko's something but you mm-hmm. draw a card it's a one in a green enchant creature uh when it enters the battlefield you draw a card enchanted creature loses all abilities and is a green elk with base power and toughness three three so you could just do the uh elkify something as uh as they intended and honestly all of these cards are pretty good in this new non-oko format yeah i would definitely run these especially in decks that don't have access to like uh, white removal or black removal. Oh yeah, for sure. They're just very effective, good alternatives. I have a um, a blue green Kiora deck that uses these to great effect. I think it's been effective there. Um, mm-hmm. If you were running Oko as a commander, um, what do you think it's going to be difficult to make use of your cards? I know it sucks to have your commander banned, but what are some alternative commanders you can run that'll allow you to keep playing and, and not lose too much equity on like the wild cards you spent or whatever? Something about Oko is just that he required so little build around. He just like could just take over a game on his own that your deck probably was like not necessarily like themed in mm-hmm. particular. Um, and so I would really just say like Tamiyo Collector of Tales is like a pretty good swap. Like you probably don't have to do that much. Uh, you get protected from like the passive, so discard and sacrificing and stuff like that. But she just churns out value. She has like such a high loyalty, so she doesn't die. So Tamiya Collector Tales is five loyalty planeswalker, uh, two green blue. Her passive is spells and abilities your opponent's control can't cause you to discard or sacrifice permanence. Uh, she has plus one. Choose a non-land card name, then reveal the top four cards of your library. Put all cards with the chosen name into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. And then minus three return target card from your graveyard to your hand. So what the deck kind of would end up looking like is a pretty grindy blue-green list where you kind of are using your more to farm, like fill up your graveyard, which works well with a lot of the uh, undergrowth cards like the big spider and stuff, the Ravnica year we just had. Mm-hmm. And you really don't lose out on a lot of the stuff you still can run gilded goose get her down early you're running a lot of the mana ramp you're running a lot of the canvas transformation and stuff so i i like her as a pretty good replacement i was thinking um prime speaker vanifar she's two green blue for a two four elf ooze wizard she has tap sacrifice another creature search your library for a creature card with converted mana cost equal to one plus the sacrificed creatures converted mana cost put that card on the battlefield then shuffle your library you can activate that ability only anytime you could cast a sorcery. She tends to just synergize with good creatures, especially good ETB creatures. Oh, yeah. And there is a decent chain that you can make in standard. There's, like, um, a bunch of two-mana mana accelerants that, like, if you no longer need your Leafkin Druid, you can sacrifice it, uh, or your um, your Paradise Druid. And there's also things like Fibblethip, and you can sort of go from there to some threes like Cloudkin Seer 
or Risen Reef, and then you can climb up the ladder to like Wicked Wolf. There's like a definitely a a pretty stable chain that you can go up and just net value the entire way, and it's not really a huge burden to run these good ETB creatures. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to note. So cards that are easy to get back, like Feasting Troll King, turn into Agents of Treacheries, Ooh. which is a pretty good. We're going to talk about Agent and Treachery in a little bit, but. You can do kind of some cute things like that and get some cool chains out of your Vanifar and and kind of abuse uh, a lot of these. Again, like I said, Golgari recursive kind of thingies going on. Mm -hmm. There's like a lot of recursion in in standard right now, which is interesting. Yeah, so I think there's options. Even if your commander is banned, like it won't necessarily be too painful of a switch. And then the last thing I want to do before we leave today is when we did our first Brawl episode a few weeks ago, we talked a bit about what we thought might be some staples in the format. And after getting a bit more practice with Brawl and like seeing a bit more of the meta game, want to add a couple cards onto that list and share another insight or two. So what are some staples that we want to add onto the list from our last Brawl episode? Yeah, so, I mean, I just said Agent of Treachery. This is just going to be so ubiquitous. I think you, if you've been playing Brawl at all, like, you've already seen it a lot. I, I know that, like, it's been all over the place when I've seen it or I've seen people streaming or whatever it is. So, this is a 2-3 human rogue for 5 blue-blue. Uh, when Agent of Treachery enters the battlefield, gain control of target permanent. At the beginning of your end step, if you control three or more permanents you don't own, draw three cards. I mean, the really important part is that first line when you steal something. I guess a confiscate that can't get blown up. That's so good. It's so stupid. If you're running against any Planeswalker commander, you just agent their Planeswalker right before about to pop. And you're, the whole game has changed. It's so crazy. Mm-hmm. So definitely on that list of just things to watch out for, this is going to be a card that like shapes this format in particular. We also mentioned earlier the Kazmina's Transmutation, Frogify, those guards I would definitely add to this list. Yeah, this is a bit more narrow because of its color identity, but I would throw in D-Spark, mm-hmm. which is white and a black for an instant exile target permanent with converted mana cost four or greater. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of commanders with converted mana cost four or greater, and of course a lot of haymaker creatures and another powerful permanence. I think that like commander, maybe even more so than commander, like the the CMC is naturally a little bit higher mm-hmm. than in that format. So this is gonna have a lot of good targets. Yeah, it's so funny, like a lot of brawl games kind of feel a lot like uh commander games ten years ago where you're kind of like really hoping and digging for your big thing, which is something else we're actually going to add to this list right now. We're going to talk about like Finale of Eternity. Who boy, this thing rips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so much value. Um, three, So it's X, black, black, sorcery. Destroy up to three target creatures with toughness X or less. If X is 10 or more, return all creature cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. So you actually might get to the X in Brawl. Games go pretty long. Uh, but even if you don't, just like blowing up three things is like, that's huge. It's mm-hmm. a huge game. Yeah, it's practically a one-sided board wipe and you're likely going to be casting this for X equals, you know, maybe four, five tops mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and just really annihilating your opponent's board. So I think that's great. Another card I want to touch on, it's, I mean, similar to D-Spark, it's multicolored Incubation Incongruity. So this is a split card from uh, Ravnica Allegiance. It's hybrid blue-green on the front half 
uh, sorcery. Look at the top five cards of your library. You may reveal a creature card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So that front half is, you know, it's a, it's a pretty efficient card selection spell. If you need a creature, you can find it. If you need something cheap in the early game or something expensive for the later game, it'll get you, it'll replace itself with a good card. Incongruity, on the other hand, is one green-blue for an instant. Exile target creature. That creature's controller creates a 3-3 green frog lizard creature token. And this is a great way to answer some of the large haymaker creatures in the format. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this card has been awesome just playing through... And I think that it's going to continue to be awesome. Um, kind of last category of things is like now that Oko is gone, uh, a lot more strategies are open. But also, like we said, like Kazmina's Transmutation, Frogify, these things are there too. So I, I actually would uh, really recommend like something like Return to Nature. So things that deal with artifacts and enchantments, I would, especially enchantments, are things that I think you're going to need. I think the just Return to Nature is one green instant choose one destroy target artifact destroy target enchantment exile target card from a graveyard i think you're just going to need to play some of these effects if you haven't been before it's going to become more important yeah it's definitely feels much better returning to nature the kenrith transformation instead of using a removal spell on your own commander yeah exactly and and in that regard i think that things like uh oh god i run away together are going to like feel good too when you're like bouncing something that's been like pacified or like transformed and then like buying in an ETB or buying in just like getting a card out of that always feels a lot better. Yeah. If you are running a deck with a lot of ETBs, I would for sure recommend portal of sanctuary because that will do double duty as both an engine and a way to protect yourself against these kind of effects. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. uh, One insight I want to offer that I've definitely noticed over playing a jamming a bunch of games of brawl on arena uh haymakers are really important in this format mm-hmm. yeah um, really it's not that hard to end up in a board stall situation and maybe that'll change once oko's banned but so far um there's can be some traffic jams that you just need a way to cut through and i've found that i've won a lot of my games in like my blue green ramp deck off of finale of devastation that card for not those who aren't familiar with it is x green green for a sorcery search your library and or graveyard for a creature card with converted mana cost x or less and put it onto the battlefield if you search your library this way shuffle it if x is 10 or more creatures you control get plus x plus x and gain haste until end of turn in a ramp deck like this overrun ability is is a great way to break stalemates and just get through over your over your opponent's head and also just tutoring out a creature there's plenty of awesome creatures in these colors getting a thorn mammoth and then starting to pick away your opponent's creatures or um getting some other answer like a meteor golem really really powerful versatile this this card is good in commander and i think it's pretty darn good in brawl too yeah and and kind of in that note, expels in general. So another card that's been like just very good has been mass manipulation, which is X X blue 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 blue. So four blue and two X's. It's a sorcery. Gain control of X target creatures and or planeswalkers. Same like I think these expels are just like so good in the format because like early game you spend six, you steal a planeswalker that's about to ult. But late game you spend like ten, and you can steal like 
a bunch of stuff. All of a sudden, this board stall is completely different where you stole like their two best creatures and a planeswalker, and you're all of a sudden able to really make some progressive momentum in your attack step. It's pretty good. Yeah, I know. Mass manipulation can absolutely just break some games open. Uh, And I think that that kind of power is needed in Brawl. Yeah. It's been interesting to see like haymakers are just so necessary. Like you you do need win conditions. And Mm -hmm. in some ways I love that because like I said, it really does kind of harken back to like playing these big spells back in like the early days of commander exactly which is pretty fun so please let us know like what you've been winning with like if you have any cool builds like i said i've really liked hatchery spider a lot i always play out of the graveyard a lot so it's a seven mana it's a five seven reach spider for five green green when you cast a spell reveal atop x cards of your library where x is the number of creature cards in your graveyard you may put a green permanent card with converted man cost x or less from among them on the battlefield like this has just been like really fun like my kind of favorite pet card in this format like if there's some other kind of haymaker like that that you guys like like let us know because there's there's actually a lot of cool stuff you can do Mm -hmm. it's pretty red all right uh well that about does it for today let us know your thoughts on this banning before we go i want to give a brief thank you to our patreon patrons they are bradley gustav ryan mark addison arthur mason will rick laser Raphael, kyle charlotte andrew tom the White Clays, Aubrey, Hannah, Anthony, Andy, Cooper, Dylan, James, and Justin. It's because of your support that we're able to keep the lights on here in the studio. If you're interested in becoming a Patreon patron, you can go to patreon.com slash commandertheory. Thanks for listening. If any of you theorists want to get in touch with us, I am at Commander Theory on Twitter and Tumblr, and Zach is at Fat Bartleby on Twitter. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy, and you can check them out on SoundCloud. Until next time, we're going back to the drawing board. 